Guys could see how suddenly alive Feziwe has become here in studio. Now that she knows why she was here, she is thoroughly relaxed and she actually insists on sitting here until the end of the show. So this is the sort of feedback we appreciate. The fact that she still appreciates being in studio is is a compliment. So thank you so much, Feziwe, and to you, Ganabo, who's still in studio, and your good friend, um, well... I'm not going to say what he is to me, so if to say one Mr. Bongoletu Patela says he was listening. He has just sent me a WhatsApp with many laughing faces and hands up. I don't know who he's adulating there, but suffice to say he was quite pleased with the engagement that we had this evening. So Mtembo, thank you so much for your support. We certainly do appreciate it, more particularly when it comes from your friends and people that you know. They can still invest time in you when you are engaged professionally. So let's move the conversation on then, please. At 2129, it's the hashtag African narrative now. And we're talking about a thorny issue which sort of was touched on, albeit very fleetingly, in the previous segment, the question of land. So let's have that question of land, but particularly with the bias towards traditional land ownership and the patterns around land that contribute to the growth of rural communities in particular or to the continued impoverization of said communities. Here we have the provincial chairperson of Contralesa in the province of Limbobo and my dear Kosa brothers, hey, when they say Limbombo, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> good evening. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. His Royal Highness is the title, Khoshi Letziri Patla, Provincial Chairperson of Contralesa in the province of Limbobo. Let's talk about land ownership or traditional land ownership and what you have come to see as patterns that have either stunted the growth of the people or lent itself to the growth of the people. What are your thoughts on this very thorny question? Um, good evening, uh, Songezo, and good evening to your uh, beautiful listeners. Mm. Um, uh, uh, black black uh, communities attached land uh, as their source of livelihood and uh, uh, use it for beneficial occupation through many generations, uh, be it uh, grazing purposes, arable purposes, hunting, and cultural practices. Uh, by the way, vast parcels of land. Uh, uh, were used uh, and uh, with these communities uh, administered uh, mostly by traditional leaders until uh, the well-known notorious uh, Native Land Act of 1918 and uh, the subsequent uh, uh, Native Trust and Land Act of uh, 1986 came into effect and uh, started uh, the slow dispossession of uh, uh, land by uh, owned by uh, rural communities uh, under traditional leaders, wherein the resultant uh, action was to jam and crowd all these people uh, in crowded places where um, all these benefits that they used to derive from the land were now limited and slowly and slowly being depleted. And uh, by the way, this dispossession of rising land uh, uh, started as well the erosion of traditional land values um, and deprived rural communities uh, from continued uh, beneficial use of the land because the sizes were limited uh, and they were controlled by certain acts that uh, prohibited them to practice this and that. 
for their own livelihood. And uh, um, now there is a limited space uh, to confirm the land productively, and there's no way uh, these parcels of land could be used commercially because of competing land use currently where the communities needed to balance between arable allocation as well as a residential size. That over time systematically uh, 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 defeated any attempt to make a living out of communal owned land that is meaningful and commercial and that can sustain the livelihoods of uh, uh, rural communities. Um, right now, as we speak, uh, government is illegally still holding packages of rural and communally owned land where communities uh, collectively uh, uh, agree to buy certain parcels of land uh, uh, for their own uh, beneficial use, but they cannot do as they please now because someone else is holding the land entirely for them uh, while there is no legislation that is in place that can uh, give the minister right now to hold that pieces, those pieces of land uh, uh, on behalf of the communities. Remember, the 1913 Act and the 1936 Act were the one that uh, allowed the native uh, uh, commissioners and native ministers to hold the land on behalf of rural communities. Right now, you can imagine, if you, Songa, so you buy a property in town and someone holds that title for you, what will, how will you feel and how will you uh, try to make a living out of that site that you bought with your money, cash, no, 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 that nothing, but someone is holding it on your behalf. That will limit your way of using that part of piece of land successfully and beneficially to benefit your own household the same way as we are unable to benefit from the land uh, because someone else is holding it in title for us. We cannot negotiate anything ourselves because we'll have to negotiate through a third party that will allow us to either continue with the transaction or decline uh, to say this and this cannot happen because someone else is controlling you over the land that you have bought. This does sound like quite antithetical to what one would ordinarily think Contralesa, if not Contralesa, a particular chieftainship would advocate for precisely because it speaks to control and by control I mean the sense that one can derive authority from having land in one's custody on behalf of the community, the community living there without ownership as is the case with title deeds. Here I understand you to be advocating for a shift away from what traditionally anyway in African African communities has been and you're advocating by and large for the independence of land ownership and for people really to manage their land for their own affairs, for their development. Is that a fair characterization of ultimately what you have said? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what I have indicated. Then I can give you another example, Songhe. Mm. Uh, remember, most uh, communal owned <clears throat> land have got uh, mines uh, within them, and to understand that. Uh, uh, if you can have a, a closer look and analyze what uh, the issues here, you may come up uh, with something like there is a sinister motive by uh, government to try and hold back 
uh, the, the, the socio-economic benefit of these communities over its mineral resources because the government continues to say we cannot transfer these properties to these communities because there's no legislation that allows them to do that. And unfortunately, that is not the truth because there is the, the Title Seed Adjustment Act of 1991 as, as well as the, uh, the land act, uh, State Land Disposal Act uh, uh, it's quite a, a variety of acts, but they are not doing that because politicians are involved in the economic activities that are happening within rural communities. So by transferring ownership of these properties to uh, communities, uh, they will be limited because negotiations will no more be between government and the investor. It will be between the investor and the rural communities. In a way, that curtail. Uh, uh, the economic uh, activities that are happening there to the benefit of the communities, but to the benefit of whoever is in a, a collusion with the, with the mining companies that are mining around those areas. Remember, there was there was this case uh, in 2003 uh, that was uh, here in the Constitutional Court uh, brought in by uh, the Richterfeld community, where in the, the judgment of that uh, 19, I mean that 2003 said um, you can never divorce minerals from the soil, which means that whoever is owning the soil also owns the mineral. Mm. But because uh, I, I do not have uh, a title to this property as the leader of this community, whoever comes in to invest in mining operations on my land, I have no say because someone else has to negotiate on, on my behalf because that person is holding that land on my behalf. So I cannot expand economically. I cannot benefit economically as a, as a leader and my community. So, in, in, There are two in things way, associated with that. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just pressed for time. I've got seven minutes, and I really would want to probe one or two of the points that you've raised, particularly on the question of land being tied to minerals and the lack of bargaining power that you enjoy on the basis that you don't have the title deed. The company that would come for the purposes of mining activity, first exploration and then if it is past mining activity, there is an obligation that is a condition of the license to beneficiate, if you like, the community where those operations are. How then do we miss that point? I accept everything that you have said insofar as it relates to lack of yeah, ownership. Yeah. It doesn't no, quite I, give I you standing. But the question of a mining license and the attendant obligations on it to benefit the land and the community and even rehabilitate, especially the flora, the fauna and water, how do we ensure that there is compliance and what role can the community play there? Sure, it is a government prerogative, but I think the community has to be the first to if you like, keep the company or companies honest. I've got two minutes until the break. You might want to truncate your response. Yeah, that's where everything was missed. Uh, because we're not supposed to be uh, given something, just building roads and schools and, and whatever, uh, calling that a beneficiation. Our, we as uh, traditional leaders in our communities are supposed to be shareholders in the mining companies because the mining uh, is happening on our land. The minerals belong to us as the landowners. And these companies must be negotiating with us to give a bigger stake in terms of shareholding in the mining company. Not only to be built a, a clinic or a school or what, or, or tadros, we need to have shares 
in the mining companies because those mining companies cannot do business on our land. If we are saying we are holding back our minerals and we mustn't uh, uh, enter our properties to mine uh, those minerals. So we are the main, main, main people that uh, need to benefit in terms of shareholding in those mining companies. Very well. We're going to continue the conversation after this ad break. The time is 21.40. Some very passionate views coming through from Letsiri Patla, Hoshi Letsiri Patla, Provincial Chairperson of Contralesa in the province of Limbobo. We're talking about traditional land ownership, and perhaps it is time to change the rules of the game. The game itself can't change, but you can certainly change the rules so as to better achieve the quality of play. And in this regard, the metaphor is used as to the quality of life people on rural land can yet enjoy and derive benefit from by virtue of changing the rules that pertain to land ownership and land occupation in those spaces that for far too long has led more than development to the impoverishment of the people. 2141, we continue after the break. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107.1 FM in Seapoint. We haven't too much time left of the program, but whatever time we have certainly is enough to get us to think differently and to think better, if you like, for the context of the thinking behind traditional ownership, traditional land ownership. Hosi Letsiri Patla, provincial chairperson of Contra Lesa in the province of Limpopo, is on the line. Let, let, let's have a conversation. Okay, you've talked about mining. We've talked about the challenges associated with lack of the title deed. Can we talk, if you like, can I throw and cast the net in your side, on, onto you, put the ball in your court, proverbially? Contra Lesa stroke the traditional authorities. What can they, as an institution, claim, despite these challenges, which are documented, which are considered even, despite that, however, what is it that can still be attributed as a legacy, pick a community in Limbobo and give us a feel-good story, if you like, that despite these challenges, this is what the traditional authority was able to do. We insisted on a co-op that is still functional, the roads that are bad and the bridges that don't exist and are sort of taken away when the floods and children have to now cross rivers. We've attended to that. I'm trying to get a sense as to the extent that there's some change that could have happened, that probably should have happened, examples of where it has taken place? Yeah, um, uh, the constitution of this country uh, in terms of uh, Section 211 says um, there is recognition of uh, traditional authorities. And if that could happen, that we regard it as a, a legal entity under the auspices of traditional authority so that we could be given a chance to have a land-holding entity under traditional authority, instead of reducing us to traditional council. In that way, we will be in power to say we can hold our land back as entities registered under our constitution to say now we are the community that is owning this piece of land now that we can negotiate uh, uh, on our behalf without interruptions uh, from the, the, 
the Department of Land Affairs where we have to go through Ibira if you want to do anything. So if the land could be registered in our entity as tribal authority, then we will be having a leverage to say, now we can do anything that we want to to do on the land that will benefit all these communities instead of these beneficiations that the the DMR is talking about in, in, in that act. That uh, in itself is, is taking billions out of our land into foreign-owned companies without benefiting us in any way. But if we can have title deeds unregistered under a legal entity called tribal authorities, as the constitution dictates, then we'll have a better chance of ever transforming our rural communities and ensuring that our people benefit economically and financially from their natural resources that are within the areas that they own. Very well. I think I like your thinking. Certainly to be probed further, deeper, with a bit more time. Thank you so much, Ndadeletsiri Patla, Provincial Chairperson of Contrales in the province of Limbobo. Thanks. You're welcome, Sonia. Excellent. Traditional land ownership. A few thoughts coming from the province of Limbobo through its arm of Contrales. One voice note to say good night and goodbye. And for me, I shall return next week, Monday.